Welcome to the Advance Born Global podcast. I'm Johanna Pittman, CEO of Advance, the non-profit organisation that shines a spotlight on the impact of outstanding global Australians. In this podcast series, we meet all 34 game changers recognised in the 2022 Global Australian Awards. These inspiring game changers generously share the story of their international career journey with us, the highlights and challenges, and what motivates them in their work. I hope you enjoy getting to know these inspiring game changers. In this episode, you will meet Professor Gay Sculthorpe, who was awarded the Global Impact Award in the 2022 Global Australian Awards. Gay's role as an international steward of Australia's Indigenous cultural heritage is remarkable, and I especially loved hearing about her personal aha moments when appropriately identifying cultural objects. I hope you will too. Joining me on this interview is Cathy Campbell, the producer of the Global Australian Awards. How do you describe what you do and what your day-to-day looks like? I work with a small team of people to care for cultural objects from Australia and the Pacific that are held in the British Museum. So that means putting information on databases, undertaking research and thinking about ways to make these collections accessible to people globally, whether on display in the British Museum or through uh, virtual means, through the internet and other means. And and so can you help us understand what something might look, what, what your day at the museum might look like, or, or maybe not be, now that you're moving houses and moving in the process of moving back to Australia, but previously, what might a day in, in your work life look like? Uh, well, I regularly spend time improving the, the information on our database I undertake research both in the British Museum and in other museums in the UK that hold cultural materials and I work with colleagues and communities in Australia and museums in the UK to write articles and publish um, the findings about these collections. Can I ask, a you've... Uh obviously now in this role in working in British museums, but the cultural artefacts and the treatment of cultural artefacts has changed so much over your career. Where did you think or what were your plans when you were going through school and university? What did you think you might be doing with your with your life? And, and it, was this always in your plans? Well, I long had an interest in history and also particularly Aboriginal history due to my own Aboriginal ancestry from Tasmania. But when I finished university with a degree in history and anthropology, I wasn't quite sure what direction to take. And it was really by accident that I saw a new course in museum studies and I had memories of my childhood visiting the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery. So I thought, aha, this might be an interesting path to choose. And I'm so pleased I did choose that path because it's given me so many different opportunities within Australia and in Britain and in Europe. 
And can you share a little more about after doing that course in museum studies, how did it? How did you come to uh, end up being so influential within this this space of curating and and protecting and improving information about uh, Aboriginal artifacts? Well, I think partly because being an Aboriginal person, I was very passionate about finding connections between objects in museum collections and the communities from which they came. And this came from my own experience doing some research in the early early 1980s and finding out that a basket that was previously unidentified as such in Museums Victoria and Melbourne was actually made by my Aboriginal ancestor. And that was such a powerful emotional moment to me. I thought, if that does that to me, how can I develop those experiences for other Aboriginal people and making those connections. So I think that's been one of my driving motivations to understand and properly document what is in collections and then to make those objects known in whatever ways I or a museum can to the people to whom they mean the most. Tell us about some of the challenges you face in your role and particularly with the changing environment around and understanding about how important these cultural artefacts are and the different theories around uh, how they get treated. Um, what have been, what have some of the challenges that you've faced in your role and how have you overcome them? Well, uh, a common problem, particularly with uh, museums, is lack of funding, whether you work in Australia or in Britain. And finding funding to do work like this uh, can be difficult. But with the help of uh, Australian colleagues in universities and communities in Australia, I've been fortunate to have been part of you know, three ongoing research projects that have brought together funding from Australia to bring to bear on these problems in the British Museum and in Britain generally. And we have done a series of exhibitions, publications and other projects to try and make these collections available. And I think the awareness of the work that we've done has meant that more and more uh, people from Australia are visiting the study collections of the British Museum and using them for their own purposes and making museum collections available, particularly through digital means initially, is such an important thing to do so people know where these objects are in the first place. I think you've just touched on some incredible highlights and things that you've been, um, you've achieved. What's your proudest moment or the, the moment at which you realise that you're having an incredible impact in this field? The moment in December 2019, I helped uncover a Tasmanian kelp water container in the museum collections in Paris at the Musée de Quai that had been effectively lost for over 120 years. And this object was collected by the French in Tasmania in 1792. And it's the only one surviving from the 18th century and one of the earliest Australian objects in a museum collections from Aboriginal Australia. And I was just overcome when through the work of my colleagues in Paris, this misidentified object was finally correctly identified for the first time. Can I ask, what was it misidentified as? What was it categorised as previously? Uh, an unidentified object in the African collections. 
I can sense how how um, powerful that that trans that reclassification of it must have been for you. If I can just mention, um, we we will be announcing the award finalists shortly, and um, within the different categories, um, there are people who have had impact across different categories, and so we were we would be announcing your. Um, achievements as part of the arts category but what we wanted to share with you is each year we um, the judging panel selects someone that has had um, incredible impact globally through their work and so we have a, a single global impact award each year and the judges selected your um, achievements and you to be the winner of the global impact award oh my goodness Oh, wow, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm really speechless. If you look back at some of the other Global Impact Award winners, we've had some incredible people in life sciences and different fields, but um, when the judges heard about the sort of work and the meaning of what you're doing in transforming our understanding of Indigenous heritage and and un, and really and communicating that globally, they couldn't think of a better person for the award this year. Wow, I am truly honoured, and it really is an honour for all the people who have been part of the team of people that I've worked with in Australia. Um, that my colleagues at the university, the Australian National University, Deakin University. University of Western Australia and all the other community people who've been involved in the projects over 10 years. So it really is the culmination of a whole, the work of a whole team. Oh, fantastic. And, and certainly it'll be really interesting to um, share what you've done with a broader audience here in Australia and, and, and what that team has done all the, over the years, but it is about recognising the individual. And so we're really delighted to yeah, be able to share your story with that audience. Uh, we, just as, as part of that, we are looking to have the award presented as part of the um, announcement and um, we hope that we've approached a few people but the, we're hoping someone you know very well who's uh, quite famous will will be presenting that award. Kathy's telling me to stop because we haven't confirmed it yet but I'm very excited because <laughs> um, but anyway we will we will let you know about that um, as the time approaches. Um, Kathy, is there any follow-up questions you wanted to ask? Have I missed anything? I know we, we need to ask the final question about advice for someone younger, but anything before we get to that that I should have asked, Gay? No, it's not not short. It's just it's a it's a personal question and maybe it might open up a whole a whole nother discussion. But I'm thinking about these artifacts and they're being held in other places around the world. Um, and my question is, you know, is there any, um, I'm sure there's discussions, many discussions around this, but what does it look like and how appropriate is it to, um, to bring those home? Well, I think that's a question for the relevant communities looking at the particular types of objects. And even one person may have different answers to that depending on the objects. For example, some people would say, and few people would disagree, that 
human remains should be returned home. But if you look at other sorts of cultural objects in collections, some of those were actually gifts and exchanges between Aboriginal people and others. Some of the objects in overseas collections are already well represented in Australian museum collections, yet there are other types of objects that are quite rare and may be held overseas and not in Australia. And so while people often see debates about repatriation as being all those things should be sent home, the story and the histories are more complex than that. And, for example, people are still very surprised that the British Museum collects contemporary Aboriginal works because we feel it's essential to collect works today to tell today's story in the future. And so people are really pleased that the British Museum showcases contemporary and other works of art on display here. But at the same time, there are other objects in collections that people would keenly like to see taken back to Australia. And that has implications for where those objects go, how are they housed, are there appropriate facilities and support for local keeping places, and a whole range of policy and practical issues that need to be worked through community by community. Thank you. That's really very educational. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned you're moving house at the moment, and I understand you're moving back to Australia in August to Deakin University. Tell us about um, what you're hoping the next phase will be for you. I'm hoping that through my work at Deakin University, I can share with students and others some of the learnings I've had in a career in museums spanning some decades. And also I can work with museums and communities to make better known the many important objects in Australian museums and to also think about ways in which objects in museums cross disciplinary boundaries because often they're still categorised as natural history, cultural history or art, yet Indigenous perspectives cross all those categories. So how can museums work to um, overcome those Western historical knowledge divides and look at these collections in new ways? So that's one of the big challenges ahead. Wow. Uh, so, Gay, um, just the final question that uh, Cathy had shared with you uh, in advance was, for someone enter early in their career, uh, what advice might you have for them, who, someone who's looking to go into, um, whether they're going into um, museum studies or, or into the arts, any advice you might have for them? It's a wonderful experience to move institutions to learn new knowledge and skills. So my advice would be get as much experience in different institutions as you can because each institution will provide new experiences and knowledge. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more on global Australian game changes over the last decade, please go to our website advance.org.